What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And this is the 80 Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a speak on it, hopefully covering several different topics, uh, things that have been happening in the in the fall. The uh, the main thing that we're going to kick it off with first is the uh, season two of the yeah. Wu-Tang, An American Saga, which released September 8th. And then uh, I think it, uh, it concluded on October 27th. So sounds right. 10 episodes for season two. Yeah. Um, we might talk a little bit about this Kanye West interview just a little bit and I don't know, whatever other random things we could think about. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so let's just kick it off with the uh with the with the Wu Tang and American Soccer season two. I'm yeah. assuming you've finished this season. I finished it. Y'all heard me talk about it probably yes, a lot yes, on the yes. last few episodes because I've been watching it. So that's yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. How about you? You caught up, you uh yeah. you binged it? I I I caught a, a few hep- episodes here and there. And then when it got to like episode three, like I just started binging. I was waking up early, going to bed late to make sure that I could finish it, all this other stuff. All right. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Um more so than I enjoyed season one, and I enjoyed season yeah. one. Yeah, I enjoyed season one a lot. But I think watching season one, half the time I was just so confused with trying to figure out like what actually happened versus Completely what agree. didn't happen. Yeah. They don't really talk. Yeah. They don't cover music all that much. Yeah, season two is way more about the music. Completely agree. And of course, all right, there's some factor fiction here as well. There's yes. some things that a lot of this stuff, the spirit of these things happened. It didn't actually happen the yeah. way it plays out on on, on camera, exactly. on TV. But, and no. Method Man said that as much. Yeah. Like, he, he did an interview where he basically was like, <clears throat> it was like, we like, it's like a dramatized version where, you know, some dramatized. of the things we, yeah, we we played up a little bit because they worked out on screen better that way. So uh, th- what's interesting, though, is that I do think that episode one uh, pretty much is kind of, I'm not sure if it happened the same way, but yes, he was. Uh, RZA did go to jail. Mm-hmm. Bobby Bobby does go to jail mm-hmm. um, because he he shoots some person mm-hmm. and then manages to get off. And after right, that, like right. completely devotes his life to music. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Ghostface going out to Ohio with him and his sister. That's, I think that happened. That did that happen? Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So Ghostface is, in my mind, is the most interesting. He's almost like the the heart and soul of this series, mm-hmm. um, in a way because they they spend so much time they they spend so much time going into his life, into his family life, personal right. life. Obviously, the, his his family situation at home, what he's dealing with with his siblings, but then mm-hmm. also what he's dealing with with the with the Shuri character, which is mm-hmm. an amalgamation of Riz's sisters. Oh, okay. just kind of throws them all into one. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, throws them all into one. Um, but I think that they really go into that. Um, I feel like y- you're right in terms of him being like the lifeblood of the show, like mm-hmm. him being like this kind of tortured soul, yeah. right? And 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 him being this person. I think they did like a really good job of my understanding of Ghost has always been more so about the street side yeah. of the character. So yeah. like you know the fact that he was like a stick up kid mm-hmm. and he did this and that in the street. Um, but you know the other side of him, like the more human side of him, trying to be like a good provider for yeah. his girl and a good brother to his his brothers with muscular dystrophy yes. and take care of his mother who had mm-hmm. substance abuse issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think they did a good job of giving us that lens on that character. And you know, you heard me talk a little bit about this in the um in the the Black Rob episode. Yeah. But I feel like. You know, humanizing a character like that and making us like understand what makes that person tick is always interesting to me. You know, and we spoke a little bit, a little bit about this uh, on the Iron Man episode, but I actually mm-hmm. think that Ghostface Killer is the perfect character amongst the Wu uh, cast, if you will, okay. to have 
that most personalized story with him. The reason why mm-hmm. is, is is because of of just how hard his life was. Right, right, right. Um, he's an emotional guy, or maybe I should say sensitive. And I don't mean that like not sensitive as in like stereotypically like soft or whatever. Right, but he's, right. he seems very, very in tune with whatever it is is, is going on with, with his life. Uh-huh. Um, and very emotional in a way of like just like kind of understand like he he's he does a good job of emoting his experiences yeah, right yeah um and I think because of that obviously you have you have the the head of the woo which is RZA mm-hmm. so you get the analytical side but I think right. that he probably does do the best job of delivering that heart um mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you I mean he's the person he's a character that we we start the series with we don't yeah. start the series with yeah. Bobby I don't think yo it's funny that you say that because I don't know if you remember hearing this but RZA said something about like. Uh, Ghostface is the heart, Jizz is the head. Like he had like a yeah. whole like body reference of for all the members of the clan. And yeah. as you're saying, Ghostface was the heart. Yeah, I, yeah. absolutely. And it, it, it just it makes a lot of sense um, seeing that 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 character development. Yeah. And even like it, it makes sense now the fictionalized beef that they have between Raekwon and Ghostface. Mm-hmm. And let's just put this out like that. None of that shit in season one happened. <laughs> um, I, I understand like why at they, all. I don't. You know, for, from what I understand, they go back. They all go back. Ray, like Ray, definitely goes back with RZA to like grade school. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously we know that Ghostface goes back with RZA for for forever. Mm-hmm. They've been like brothers, right? But like Ray and Ghost also, they were all in a in a group called like Force DMD or something like in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that be shit like shooting up the house. Like no, but, I don't think don't, any of that should happen. I don't know if I agree with that. In that everything that I've read about these cats, uh-huh. their early beginnings. Stapleton and Park Hill did not fuck with each other, that's, right? That's so fair. If, so if there's a nigga that gets busy from Stapleton and there's a nigga that gets busy from Park Hill, they probably wouldn't fuck with each other by virtue. And the other thing that I felt like they portrayed well is that Method Man's character kind of was the one person that got respect, well, besides you, God, because yeah. um, you got slanged in both projects. Yeah. But Method Man was the one guy that like kind of got respect across and with his like little Panty Raider song. Yeah. And I don't even remember if they called it that or if they called it something else. Yeah. He, was, he was shotgun in the, right, in the right, joint. Right. But like he had like his little record that that people were playing in both projects. Yeah, that makes but, sense. But I think that's what they were trying to play up was more so the beef between yes. the two projects yes. than, the, than the two guys. Yes, and, and I think that what we see is a spirit of what was going on during uh, in Staten Island at the time, but not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. between those two, right, right. two characters. Exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Ray and Ghost go back. Because yeah. I, I was reading this. I, really? I, I, I really tried to read up on a lot of this stuff. Okay. Let me tell you, Ghostface is actually a very difficult person to like get his true life story. Okay. Like there's so many different versions. I'd have to, I think yeah. the only way to do it is to like listen to interviews of people okay. talking about it. Because I, I, I was trying to find information about his kids, which we'll get into. Um, um, and I just had a difficult time. But one okay. of the things I did see was that they were in a group initially, like back in the 80s, they were in a rap group. And then, of course, RZA went off and did All In Together Now with Jizzle yeah, and ODB yeah, yeah. Yep. and things like that. Um, where ODB actually was going on, uh, his name was Asan Unique. Jizzle mm-hmm. um, was the genius. You heard You heard uh, Ghost wants to do an album with Sil- Silk Sonic? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> that would be funny, yo. I, I mean, like I think it. it would be a good comment. I mean, I Ghost, like Ghostface it. could do anything he wants. Really. I, think, I think that somebody should sample the Silk Sonic material. Like Silk Sonic should give them the stems, yeah, and let like Primo or somebody make it yeah. into like like beats for for Ghostface and then let him record on it. That would be crazy. I can see that. I can see that. Um, but I, nevertheless, I think it, it they had to do that because you have to have that moment like on the boat. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. At the end of the moment on the boat where it's like the clan is coming together. Yep. And it's like even though there there may not have been beef with all these characters like that, they still have to have that that drama. Right. Um, but yeah, man, yo, Ghostface is a really interesting guy. So yeah. it's I was trying to find like the timeline on when his kids were born. Right. Okay. So he has he has three sons okay. and he has a daughter. I don't know the daughter's name. Okay. Three of his sons are two of them are rappers. One is Sun God, the other is um, Okay, I know Supreme. Sun God because he's been on some of his, his Yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah, and Supreme maybe Su- has been on something too. Supreme is the youngest. Okay. Supreme is the youngest, and then I don't know who's the oldest between Infinite and Sun God. So I Infinite, think Sun God's his oldest. Okay, yeah. maybe. maybe. Yeah. Infinite is the one on the show, and I think the reason why they did that. If I had wait, to guess, his son's on the show. His the the baby. The, oh, the baby. Oh, oh, yes, I thought yes, you were yes. saying like his son was playing a no, character. No, 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 no. Okay. The the baby in the show, Sharice's yeah, yeah, kid, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is 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 Infinite. Okay, okay. And there's I have there's two reasons why I think. Obviously, the first could be because Infinite, maybe Infinite was the oldest, or maybe okay. Infinite is the son with. Rizza's sister. Okay. Right? In okay. real life. Yeah. The other explanation could be, and this is interesting, is that, um, you know, Ghostface never really talks about his kids. Mm-mm. Infinite is gay. Right? Uh, okay. Infinite is gay. And Infinite, from what I read, okay. had somewhat of an estranged relationship with his father. They haven't been close uh, over time. Okay. Um, it's gotten better in recent years, supposedly. Right. And part of me wondered if the baby was infinite in the show as like a, as a ways to like make amends. I don't know. Mm. My understanding is that RZA was actually, uh, Infinite was always close to, to closest to RZA. Okay. And RZA is the one who helped nurture uh, Infinite's musical career. Infinite, like Infinite can sing in that vein of like, that kind of like alternative acid, jazzy, R, R&B with okay. like okay. SZA and like uh, internet. Like he, okay. he can sing well in terms of like those, that category of musicians. Okay. Um, but like I think I read something about like how Infinite uh he it was always kind of weird growing up in the Wu Tang family because they used the word fag a lot, which mm. I'm not even sure if that's true, if they actually use that word a lot. RZA used has it definitely used, used it enough, did they? Yeah. I know I, I know I know RZA has used it a few times on uh, on 36 Chambers. Mm. Um yeah. Anyway, it's just it's just interesting to see the that dynamic play out um mm. on the show. So mm. Anyway, but uh, I guess we should talk about some of the the characters on the show. Yeah. Um. Who Who do you? Th- we just talked about. We spent a good deal of time talking about ghosts. Who do you think yeah. we should should go into next? Um. So to me, the two my my two favorite actors or or, or portrayals is Divine. Oh my god. Yes. And um and ODB actually. I really. Think the, I think the kid that okay. plays ODB does a really good job. So we could talk about either of those. So, I love the. First of all, I said this when we talked about season one that the casting of uh, Mitchell Devine Diggs' character is absolutely so brilliant. Good. It's so, so it's so good. good. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And he, what I love about this is that like you you see that in season one, like mm. he's always been a man about business and he's always right, been a man right, about growth. But right. you see in season, looking in season two, it helps you really see in season one that like he wasn't just doing this. He wasn't just out there on the corners trying to sell drugs, trying to build a drug enterprise for the cred. Like right. he was really, really trying to do it to feed his family. Right. And to see him put his faith in his work yeah. and to see how diligent he was about even the construction job, like yep. trying to take that shit seriously. Yep. It's like, yo, like this is a a black man at a time when mm. America loved to depict black men as people who were lazy fuckers. Right. Who, you know, just wanted to get their welfare check or right, government right, check right. or whatever. He's like, no, like he wanted to do shit the right way. Mm-hmm. And then to see that apply to the business sense, um, you know, to, to see him actually do his homework, pick yeah. up these books, go into that interview 
with the suit on, trying to talk all this stuff. Yeah. And then he's like, yes, poor forma, pro forma, absolutely. Yeah, that was funny. What the fuck is a pro forma? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, to see that portrayal here, I thought was uh, I, I thought that was, that was yeah. really really good. I thought it was excellent. I think the actor who's playing him yeah. is excellent yeah. to the point where you know, um, I mean, other than not having a lazy eye, sometimes yeah. I forget yeah. that I'm not looking at Divine. Like Absolutely. he, like I think even he's got his mannerisms down. Oh yeah, like, like he he's doing a really really great job uh, playing. Yeah, so shout out yeah. to that actor. I forget his yeah, name. It's something yeah. uh, Hernandez, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to Divine when we start talking about power. But you mm -hmm. mentioned ODB, mm -hmm. Ace on Unique. Yeah. And I think that, man, I had such mixed feelings on ODB now. I felt that way initially. Oh, you mean ODB the person or the, the actor? Um, the, the, the person. Okay, okay. But Wait, how so? So, because, like, all right. I love the moment, and I think it's the last episode mm. where he gets in a fight with RZA. I love that moment. Yeah, okay. Because it, first of all, like because he always wanted to be a Def Jam artist. So I don't know if that stuff is factually correct. I have no yeah. idea. I think it is, Mike. It is mildly correct. Yeah. What I do know that is absolutely correct is that that's the type of like that interaction of, yeah. of, of how it's depicted on screen that's the like any any wu-tang drama between any wu-tang member and rizza over the years mm. most likely comes down to some shit like that yeah right like him trying to do what he thinks is best yes. for them and them like being upset which in truth was probably he was probably right like yeah. yo the the electric deal is a better deal oh, he was definitely right definitely right yeah um and and divine talked about this the actual person divine talked about this I think it was in the Mike's and Men interview. Okay, uh, where you know people were people people were hitting Divine up for money mm -hmm. or up or or just whatever, like ten years, twenty years after the fact, and they didn't like the how Divine was investing the money that they were that the group was getting back. Right, right. And Divine was like, "Look, I'm trying to set y'all up for the future. We can right. literally own Staten Island." And they're like, right. "No, I want my money. I want this, that, and the other." Yeah, and he's like, yeah. "Fine, take it." They spent it up. And now they're trying to get money now. And like Divine is sitting pretty yeah. on however many millions he has. Right, he's right. doing fine for himself right. because he took his money and he invested That's it in the right place. Right, right. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so Rizza's trying to do the same thing here. He's like, mm -hmm. look, Rizza even fights back. He's like, are he's you like, fucking stupid? Own, right. Like you're gonna own your masters. Exactly. Like that's mad hard to do. Exactly. And 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 ODB doesn't care. And it's just like, yeah. ah. I thought that it's, was a, such a great scene. It's like, a very good scene, and I think it. it you, you're you're right. Like it definitely kind of portrays a lot of the the conflicts that cats in the woo yes. have had with with RZA, with RZA over yes. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, people people in the in the in the woo had their had their beef with. I don't know if they had their beef with power. They definitely had their beef with divine. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that he, at least from that Mike's and Men documentary, he was not a very well liked individual at this stage in there I, maybe mm. that's true i don't i don't know go back and watch that documentary if you haven't seen it yeah but definitely the beef with rizza any beat they have with rizza comes down to just rizza trying to make all the decisions yeah. and them just not agreeing i feel it. like a lot of the stories were like situations where divine just being like the consummate businessman mm -hmm. and like rizza being like nah they're our brothers like let's yeah. let, how do I, how, let's do this how can we make everything cool and i think they kind of depict that on the show as well him yeah. kind of just being like the centerpiece that keeps everybody together. The interesting thing about that, and uh, I guess we should start talking about Rizza now, mm -hmm. um, and we'll get to his mannerisms and his voice <laughs> changes in a second. We'll get to Lord. that. But one of the things that I, I found surprising, uh -huh. and I don't know if it's an exaggeration or not, but like I thought that Divine and Power were a lot more instrumental to the business aspect, like the, the, the vision 
if uh, you will. And the show yeah. really depicts it as like, no, this was RZA's vision. Yeah. Like not just the music, yep. but like the branding and, and yeah. well, okay, he didn't well, come up with the logo, but like the yeah. idea that like, no, we're not going to have Met The Man on the same label as The Clan yeah, yeah, yeah. because we want them to, we want each label to release their album independently yeah. so that we can put them all out in a year and not have them stepping over each other. And if, mm-hmm. if Met The Man's album fails, then we don't want them to have control over ODB's record, right? Like, yeah. And that's RZA's decision. And I feel like I always knew that. that was? I think the okay. only thing I didn't know was that in some cases they fought back. Like, I think on the show, they yeah. depicted, like, you know, R- RZA being like, oh, no, we need to put this here and here. Yeah. And and Divine's like, no, no, like, we need to get this money from here. And yeah. and them, like, I didn't know that they had kind of that tension there. Yeah, but it's, uh, I don't know, it was really cool to see it depicted. And um, yeah. I was watching one of the episodes with, with, with my girlfriend, and I was mm. trying to, who... She likes the Wu-Tang, but she doesn't really care about this stuff as much as I do. And <laughs> Nobody cares about this stuff. I know, I know. But I, I, was, I, was trying to, I was trying to just... I was being really emphatic and like really like passionate, okay. uh, if you will, about this, uh, this, you know, basically the idea that like RZA did something that wasn't just the first time that any hip-hop artist had done it, but it was like the first time that any artist had done it. Yep. The idea yep. that you have a band signed to a label and those individuals are not also signed to a label if right. i'm not mistaken i don't think anybody in the in american recording history whatever had ever done that if i'm not mistaken uh, I, I don't I, I really don't uh, think they did right because i even know about like i even know about classic rock bands uh, who the, the same types of shit happen right where mm-hmm. like uh, a band, a band member would leave a band, and then mm-hmm. would have difficulties releasing other things. Oh yeah, because because of oh, a yeah. label label beef. And if you look at NWA, same thing, right? Like uh-huh. Ice Cube had beef with NWA or wanted to leave NWA, but he was still assigned to Priority, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that that was just the industry standard. What about the Jacksons? I have no, oh, enlighten me, please. I have yeah, no, no, idea. no. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know. Like, oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, think, I'm just thinking of a of of a group, a collective of individuals that recorded together under a group that may have also signed individual contracts in other places. I'm, I believe that the Jacksons were not, the Jacksons were not on Motown, right? Jackson 5 was, but the Jacksons were not. Right, right? exactly, or something right. like that. So that might've been an instance where mm. when the Jackson 5 became the Jacksons and they mm-hmm. found their new label mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson found a label, was he on the same label exactly. as the Jacksons? That's what I, I mean. actually don't know. Yeah, okay. uh, We should find that out. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, I mean, I was just right. trying to think of an example off the top of my head. Yeah, and so uh, nevertheless, he he really did break the mold to do something right, that was right, truly, right. truly groundbreaking yep. and took an incredible vision to yep. do this. Yep. So I like the way that they detail that in the show. Yep. Um, and I just think it's a really, really dope moment. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, but yeah, what, what did you think about the very, very specific and deliberate uh, voice voicing changes he, he made in this season? He gets an A for effort. He does get an A for effort. But, oh, man, no. I, you know, it didn't work for me. So oh, yeah. the problem is, is that I think it's Ashton Saunders is yeah. not a, he's just not a good casting choice in my opinion. He's not. Mm. Um, he kind of has Riz's eyes a little bit, but like, that's it. You mean in terms of how he looks or his manner? Just, and in, in, I just think he was a poor casting choice in general. I think Riza would be a hard person to cast. That is true. General. Yeah. That is true. But I do think that like, like, all right, even though, uh, I think it's Sadiq, whoever, I forget his, his name, but the guy who plays Ghostface, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't look, he doesn't look anything like Ghost. He doesn't sound anything like Ghost. But like, 
the more I watch season two, I'm like, I get it. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I get yeah, it. Like, yeah. be, be, because of like the emotional aspect. Exactly, I agree. I, I get it. I agree. And watching, watching uh, Ashton Saunders play play Bobby is like, I mean, I get that you're trying, but yeah. like the fact that I see that you're trying so hard, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. But yo, back to the ODB character, I think that's the reason why I like him. Okay. Right? Like, he doesn't look like ODB. Right. He, you know, he. His mannerisms aren't always there, but I yeah. think he does a good job of capturing what we love about ODB. This is true. Like his energy yeah. in the same way that the guy that plays, you know, Ghostface, yeah. he doesn't look like Ghostface, but he captures Ghostface's energy. I, I think, think so. that's what's important. Yeah. I do yeah. think, and I said this in season one, that I do think that ODB is an is a easier character to play than Rizzo, mm, uh, than, than any yeah, other character. Yeah, because yeah, that's fair. A, ODB is such like a character and he's so out yeah. there. Like there's so much material you but, could just but, play the caricature of ODB and it works. But here's the reason why I I pat the the ODB character okay. on on his back because I think that he's coming against some adversity, right? Yeah. Um, YDB ODB's son yes, came true. went out for that character yeah. and didn't and was not cast. I know, which so is I crazy. feel like there's probably people who wanted this kid to fail because they would have wanted ODB's son to play that that role. Yeah. And so that's the reason why I kind of have to pat the kid on that's the back because, because you know, people are probably like, oh, fuck that dude. ODB's son should have got that role. I actually you know kind of do mean? think. Uh, YDB, YDB definitely is, is sounds like ODB. Uh, he, he does. Wants to, he, he does. Wants to. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Wu-Tang perform with YDB, with YDB being ODB, ODB and yeah. he... He murdered it. Yeah. yeah. In, in some cases, it's probably even better because he's less of a wild card than his father. Fair. Yeah. Which yeah. they they I do think that they cover a little bit in this in this this season. And that's why I, I said I kind of just have like mixed feelings about ODB because mm -hmm. because and I know we're going back and forth here, because mm -hmm. it's like I feel for him in that moment, that confrontation with Rizza. I feel mm -hmm. for him. I do. Like you're not thinking 20 years down the line. And mm -hmm. in that situation, a lot of people probably wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, you're upset with RZA for making decisions for you. Yeah. Because he shouldn't. You're, you're a grown man to your own right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, did you make good decisions for yourself? And I don't necessarily yeah. want to take shots at ODB. You know, I just, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. But I mean, like, he was a bit of a wild card. Yeah. He did have, he yeah. did have problems here and there. Yeah. And they depict that on the show, especially yeah. with him just, Punching a bartender, like what the fuck, dude? Yeah, shit was crazy, crazy. No. But I, I thought it was it was a really great tension moment, yeah. and you know, you know. But when where he goes, are you stupid, nigga? Yeah, because yeah. like I feel like they were had were always really patient with ODB, like, yeah. and th at that moment was like his breaking point where he was yeah. just like, fuck it, I'm gonna, yeah. you know what I mean? I thought that was a good scene. It's it's crazy though, like now if that actually happened in real life, I actually really really want to know a how the return of the 36 chambers dirty version came together um because mm -hmm. if, if there was really beef between rizza and and odb at that mo moment and they still make a good they're album brothers together. man you know what i'm saying i mean they're not blood they're cousins, they're cousins but they're, yeah. you know they're not but they're but they're brothers like yeah. they're you know they're close yeah who's the uh who's the next character you think we should talk about uh let's talk about inspector deck okay so what did you think about the casting change from Jody ba Joey Badass in the first season to I forget this this actor's name I've never seen yeah. him before. What do you think about that 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 change? I didn't know why. Like I was confused. The only thing I can think of is that Joey Badass was doing power. 
That's the only thing I can think. Oh, of. Oh, he's in power. Now. He's the he's in the he's in the the I, I raising Canaan. The one that I don't watch. I don't right. Watch I only yeah. know that because um, yeah. Stevie Rich, his younger brother, mm -hmm. is an extra in two episodes of, oh, that, that's what's of, up. That, of that season. Yeah. And so uh, I decided to watch. I've only gotten through like four or five episodes, but I believe that Joey Badass plays the the drug dealer that is opposite of his mother. Okay. Right. Um, her her rival, if you will. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe there was a maybe that there was scheduling a scheduling issue. conflict, okay. right? What did you think about this actor's portrayal of Joel, of uh, of Inspector Deck? I thought it, on the in the scenes where he's he's portraying him, yeah. I was fine with it. My issue is, and maybe it's just a personal thing because I love Wu Tang and I listen to so much of their music, yeah. but like him and like J like some Jizza, some of them like. Their vo voices just it just don't do it. You talk about they, when they're rapping. Yeah, when none they're of them rapping. sound like it. it, it, none it, of them it do. Sound, it like, and it's like there's just certain things that yeah. just really bother me. And you know, Inspector Deck has so many iconic yeah. verses yeah. that that's what bothers me. So I don't know how you feel. Ah, uh, I mean, I kind of felt this. <laughs> all right, you know what really fucking bothered me? What? The, so so <laughs> the the acting voices didn't really bother me that much even right. even uh rizza uh -huh. just because i like at least he tried right, right at least right, he tried right. and it was fine right yeah um and i feel like rizza has such a unique voice that you have to do something uh -huh. um the rapping voices obviously bothered me except really for shamik Moore as raekwon he was probably the closest i think that's fair and maybe maybe but even i even think like, the method man was really bad and i feel like y'all 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 yeah. keep giving dave east props for this role and i feel like dave east is just playing dave east as method man so i like i like dave east method man not on the mic okay on yeah. the mic he sounds very dave i think east. i think they all i think they all do yeah but though you know the one thing that was really really getting to me huh. was the disparity in heights from like where they where the characters are in in, in real, real life, life. versus how they are in the show? What, you mean Method Man being taller than everybody? So, well, Method Man, Method Man's what, like six one, six two? Yeah. Like he's not, he's not a short guy, yeah, he's so like that's six, fine. Two, six, three. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, RZA is also around that height. He's like mm -hmm. six two, six three. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got is not short. He's not tall. He's like my height. He's like five eleven, mm -hmm. whatever. Okay. Same thing with Inspector Deck, right? Okay. You got on the show. Who? Don't get me wrong. I think they picked a good person yeah, who yeah. looks like you got. Yeah, that's fine. And I love his energy. And he has like, got. yeah, his energy is like real. You got. But he, but you guys not like that guy is short. You got. Well, I, I didn't short. notice their heights at all. Jizza, Jizza <laughs> is not tall. Jizza uh, is not taller than Rizza, yo. Okay, that's true. and and that's true. and like Jizza on the show, he's towering over Rizza. Oh, I didn't. And I'm like, I didn't notice that at yo, all. That sh that shit was like driving me insane. <laughs> but such an odd thing. It to is. Be, it to is. Be annoyed. By. It is. I'm like, you got like, you got looks like he's like five seven. He's not like what? What is this? He's not like some some small fry out here. Yeah. So that was that was that was weird. But no, you're right. Look, mm. the rapping voices so bad. are are with the exception of Shamik Moore, who does a, mm. an okay job as Rayquan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of them are are bad. I mean, RZA bad. Yeah. A you got bad. Method Man awful. Um, Method Ghost. Man, death. They none of them. And, just a and it's ODB. Crazy. I mean, off mic, right? I I told you. <clears throat> Wu Tang doesn't work without Method Man. Yes. Like, like as yes. a superstar group, they don't work without Method Man, in, yeah. in, in my opinion. Um, so you know, a lot of Method Man's swagger, yeah. the way he said his word, the hooks, the energy is what made some of those songs like yeah. such appealing, like things for for everyone. Yeah. And like 
Dave East just doesn't have the it factor that Method Man had as a vocalist. As a vocalist, no, I think right. I think he might have the it factor as a as a person, but as yeah. a vocalist, definitely not. So let's talk about Method Man. Let's talk about Dave East. I I said that Dave East was one of my favorite portrayals of their character in season one. In the one. first season, yeah. And in season two, again, like just just as mm. the character Method Man, like okay. I absolutely buy it. I 100 okay. percent buy it. Um, and one of the mm. things I like is that the show actually. You know, doesn't really delve into Method Man's character too much. I mm. kind of like that. Only because in in the 90s, I mean, like, you talked about it. You mm. just said how, like, Wu-Tang doesn't really work without Method Man. Mm. Obviously, as a, as a vocalist. Right. But also just as the personality, like, right. as a character. Like, he was the sex symbol right, in Wu-Tang. Right, right, right. He was the one that Def Jam, like, no, we want Method Man. Exactly. We, we need him because yeah. we can sell records with him. Uh -huh. And, but... You know, you would think that like Method Man's the biggest star of, of Wu Tang, and that'd be fine if you had that opinion. Mm -hmm. But they don't they don't really go into him. He's just mm -hmm. kind of like the guy who comes and goes and then right. comes in and like, yo, we need a hook. Boom, I'm gonna lay down cash rules, mm -hmm. everything around me, which he did do. Like yeah. he they needed a hook. He came down and he gave them an amazing hook, one of the greatest hip hop hooks of all time. Right, right. You know what I mean? Um, and so yeah, I just I love I love his energy and I just like you know, my favorite. So I don't love Davies as Breath of Man as yeah, much as you do. Yeah. My favorite, though, um, scene or or sequence of Davies portraying Method Man is actually when they went to the school to try to um, yeah. to the campus yeah, to try yeah, to yeah, do yeah, their yeah. shit. And you know, they're 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 kind of trying to. They end up having to like try to sneak in yeah. and they're doing all this shit to try to promote the their music. And they go to that house party with the white yeah, kids. Yeah. And the and the music fucks up. And then they're like, nah, fuck that. And they just play like start shit. performing. Play. Yeah. No, they, they rap first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everybody was feeling them. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you want to hear some good shit? Play this. And they played their right, song. Right, right, right. Like, I thought that that was the best, like, you know, just kind of capturing the magic of, like, Method Man yeah. as a person. Like, like Method Man is just a very naturally charismatic mm -hmm. person, um, you know, and, and, and really just kind of somebody who... You know, I I didn't realize that he was like a lacrosse like superstar. Oh, was he? Yeah, I you didn't no see that shit. No, bro. This year he um he uh served as a guest, a celebrity guest commentator for for some like some I like um lacrosse lacrosse match. And they were like, <laughs> they're like, how do you? And he's like, he's like. Yeah, this guy, I don't know shit about lacrosse, so I can't even speak the yeah, language. Yeah, but yeah. like, he does this, he does that, and he's commentating. And they're like, how do you know this stuff? And he's like, oh, I was like all region in lacrosse yeah. in Staten Island. And they're like, Wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, like, like Method Man was the person in the clan who could like hang with white people yeah, and then like, and like hang with them and go over here with the black people. Yeah. And go. he was just the guy that was just the politician that could do everything. I, I think if. If I do have one gripe about the portrayal of Method Man in mm. this season is that I think they should have done a better job of depicting just how much he hated drug dealing. Um, mm. Because he he did not like drug dealing. He spoke, yeah. He's been very, very vocal about this. He didn't like it. I do like mm. the relationship with Yugon, yeah. right? Because Yugon was definitely the guy who was still doing mm -hmm, his work. Mm -hmm. um, but like you see Method Man dealing in the, in the, in the housing project, if you will, or mm -hmm. wherever they are. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. I, I think it, it could have been interesting to see him just be like, man, I'm tired of this fucking shit. Mm -hmm. You had the episode, you had the scene where his, his, his boy gets shot and he was just there. Right, right, but right. like, that's kind of the most you get. Yeah. What I thought was interesting about that college sequence though, is when mm -hmm. they're talking about college. First of all, I love how like you got breaks down the whole, like, 
yeah. the whole like yo college is this this and this you got to do yeah, this this like yeah, yeah. you got knows right? right and they're having right. this they're having this conversation and with, then they're like nigga you think you're like i forget what they what they so the, how they clowned it but i liked that yeah they're, they're, they're kind of odb nah they, but but, they, they, but first they clown you got cuz you guys breaking it down Oh, and they're okay. like, they're like, this nigga did a semester at community college and he thinks he's fucking like <laughs> a genius or something. I thought that was but funny. The interesting <laughs> thing about what Method Man has to say though is that Method Man is like basically like fuck college, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing, like, Method Man is a very, very educated person. Like, you can't listen to Method Man's lyrics right. and not wonder, like, wait, what's that reference? Like he he quotes like Shakespeare and <laughs> and like all this like ancient like European history. It's like, why do you know this shit? Like, he's clearly a a a a well-read individual. Yeah. Um, and so to hear his character just be like, "Man, fuck college," just kind of like it just kind of made me chuckle. Yeah. But um, no, I did like that scene, and that's just mm-hmm. the kind of things I'm talking about, like the way they portray Method Man in in the season, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy it. We should have talked a little bit more about you, God, though, since we just transitioned into that. Sure. What did you What did you think about his portrayal? I thought they did a good job of him, and I and I thought also that. The 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 kind of limited screen time, and I'm not trying to be funny, mm-hmm. was also good. Yes, you know, like I thought they did a really good job of just kind of giving us that balance. I I think that I don't want to embellish too much, or I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but I actually do think that you, the portrayal of you guy was probably one of the most important in this season, aside from mm. aside from power. I thought powers, I thought what they did with power is very important as well. Yeah. But the reason why I say that, or at least at least it was one of the most important for me, is because you mean look, when he went to jail? No, I'm talking about you, God. Yeah, you God goes to jail and oh, and I'm, oh, I'm talking about throughout the entirety of okay, the because okay. well, they don't show you God in jail; they show Inspector yeah, Deck in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason why it was very important for me is because if you listen to this podcast a lot, uh, anytime we talk about Wu Tang, anytime we talk about you God, we don't really <laughs> speak very favorably of him. That's fair. And I probably talked a lot of trash about you guys. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I think for for some good reason, just in the sense that like when he came out with his solo album and when he started wanting to become more of a, a, a focal point of the woo, mm-hmm. it was, he just was not good. Yeah. Period. He yeah. wasn't good. And it made me go back to listen to some of his older rhymes where I, when I liked you guys and be like, well, actually, you weren't that great here. Now, mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of Wu-Tang in the past like month or so. And while he wasn't that great in the past, he also wasn't trash. He was not mm. terrible. And I think that listening, watching this season made me kind of like just be more sympathetic to you guys mm. and made me almost want to apologize to you yeah. God for all of the negative things I said about him on this. Bro, on I this think you show. should read his book. I think I probably should too. Yeah, it's actually really good. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. I, I think, you know, I, I personally don't have a problem with you God the person. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually, I like, I like you God the person. Yeah. I just... Feel like there's only two verses off the top of my head that I actually like from you guys. That's that's fair. The the um uh, mystery checks boxing. What's the other one? Um, uh, Tommy Mito. Oh yeah yeah yeah. One in it. Um, well actually I don't I don't really like, but but he's fine on that. Yeah yeah. Uh, I think though that you're right about the coming in and out, mm-hmm. right? And I mm-hmm. love that conversation. That he has when he comes back to the studio yeah. right before he he records on mystery of the checks box right right he's like yeah um like riz is like i hate to be the guy who's like i told you so but right you know and 
Yeah, I mean, you you see that struggle with not just the Wu Tang. You've seen that with other groups as well, mm-hmm. right? You talked about it about how when, when Ti was in the studio with Jeezy, he's right, like, right. you can't have drugs in the studio. Like you got to commit all the way. Yeah, talked about it with Sheik Luch and this kind of distance with uh, with Styles P yeah. and Jada Kiss. It's yeah. like Sheik was like, look, I'm still trying to get this money in the streets. So it's mm-hmm. not just like you guys was not the only artist drug dealer who was going through this. Right, right. But I do love seeing that dynamic between RZA and you God. And it's yeah. like he's like, look, like. That's the one thing that they really did a good job of portraying. I know I'm going all over the place here. Sorry. Um, but like when they have music out and mm-hmm. it's clear that they're getting some buzz and mm-hmm. they're turning down record deals and they're yeah. like, yo, what the fuck? I need this money. Yeah. Like I need this money. Yeah. And you guys like, yo, this rap is not bringing me money. Like, dude, I've got a family right. to support. Dude. And so did Ghost. Yes. I, I, I like how they kind of alluded to Ghost being a stick up kid. Yeah. Like, oh, with where the, it's like, where he just, yeah. where he, yeah, he just like, just, he's like, all right, well, we don't have any money. All right, cool. He just kind of disappears. Yeah. And then he comes back and he gives Shorty like something. I don't remember what it was, but he gives his girl like something. He gives her a water and, cash and she's like, where yeah, this comes from? Like, and he's like, yeah, yeah don't worry. I'm going to always take care of you, yeah. like, or whatever. And she like, thinks he's getting out on the street. He's like, nah, he robbed some rich couple yeah, up in the hotel. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I really like that they gave more more screen time to characters like Inspector Deck mm-hmm. and you God. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very pivotal members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Obviously Inspector Deck, we talk about them all the time, but like, yeah. you know, they you God wasn't even in season one. Yeah. Wasn't even in season one. I so, really like the sequence um this season where um Ray and Ghost become friends. Yes. And then Ray comes over Ghost's crib. Yeah. And he sees his brothers on the wall. and he sees the bullets on on, on the wall, yeah. the holes in the wall and and one of the brothers says, "Oh, he's my favorite member. Can yeah. you can you autograph this?" Yeah. And like the look on his face, like yeah. it's just like, man, this is fucked up. Like I I just shot this shit up. But he, you know what I mean? He's like it's fucked up, but then like he's also like. It's, there's so much going on. Yeah, right? like, and there's then, so much stuff. Ghost, Ghost, Ghost is looking at he's him. He's looking at him because he knows. Yeah, but he's like, I'm not gonna tell on you. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, it's almost like it almost like brings them closer. Yeah, it's like yo, yeah. they recognize that like, what were we doing? Right. What exactly. were we doing? And even though, because look, again, this shit did not happen in real life, but right. like as on screen for on screen drama, great, it's really, really effective. Great scene. That might be the best scene in the in the season. It was one of them. Their their friendship <clears throat> is. Awesome yeah, in this. Like yeah, yeah. the way that it's p- depicted in this is exactly the way I would think it would go. Like that's the yeah. reason why I think I was more, more okay with the portrayal of Ghostface in this season versus yeah. season one is seeing that banter with him and Ray. He's like, yeah. you never seen the yeah, killer exactly, son? Exactly, exactly. They do become friends. Like, yo, that shit is <laughs> yeah, wild. Yeah, this shit's crazy. I love that scene because it's like, he leaves the two of them to to call their labels or whatever the yeah. fuck, and then they're just sitting there like, "You never seen this tape, son." <laughs> and then when he's telling them about the the wallabies, yeah, yeah, because you died this shit, yeah. like, got to die. You get the cream joints, you die this shit right here, right? Niggas don't even know I'm rocking niggas. This summer, yo, yo, and then we got the the blue and cream. <laughs> yo, the, the whole their whole yeah. banter, their whole chemistry, like, uh, it works for me. For it sure. was uh, for it was sure. great. Um. So we teased it a little bit, but we should definitely talk about power. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that much about power in real life. I mean, Me the first time I even knew anything about power was when he was in Belly. Mm-hmm. And then he was in that movie, I think it was called Black and White. Okay. Um, you ever see Black and White? I didn't see that, no. Interesting movie. Uh, it's about okay. cops or something? There, there were some cops in it. Basically, it was just about white people and black people. Oh, okay. And like, 
white people's fascination with uh, black ghetto superstars, uh, okay. if you will, okay. uh, black ghetto superstars' fascination with with white pussy, mm. um, uh, college athletes getting hustled or, or or getting tricked into like uh, gambling and mm. or or fix, fixing games, shit like that, whatever. Okay. Right? Anyway, like Power is one of the characters in there. Mm. I never really knew that much about Power, but um, so I don't know if the portrayal of this character. Is real or not? But yeah. I I loved the idea of like the reconciliation with his family. To me, which is like yeah, it was just like it it made my it made me smile. Yeah, me too. Um, which when is, his dad his dad was like you know looking and he was like you should call it Woo Wear. Woo, yes, that was you should, fire. You should call it Woo Wear. He's yeah. like he's got the check like yeah. and just seeing like I, I the thing I love about Power and the, the portrayal of of his character is just like look like. His business is not personal. It's right. always been about business. Right, exactly. Right? I love that about him. And and seeing seeing his, you know, seeing him on the bus with Mook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who is uh, his brother, right? No, nah, Mook is not his brother. Mook was just some dude that he was hustling with. Like uh, Mook, Mook was some big time. I don't know if this the is bus, the bus driver dude. Yeah, the bus uh, driver. Uh-huh. So I don't know if Mook in real life was this big time drug dealer cat. I have no mm-hmm. idea. That's how he's portrayed in the show. Right, right, right. Um, but that's uh, that's uh, Chris Partlow from uh, from the yeah Wire. exactly I love that. exactly I love, I love that great actor great actor great yeah. actor and I love that conversation that he's he's having about like what was he like niggas have an expiration date or something like that I don't remember but the idea that like we're 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 racing against the clock here yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. um and then Mook is like why does it even have to be that way mm-hmm. and so you know. Power has that interaction with RZA real quickly. And like you can see that like Power doesn't have any beef with the dude. Like mm-hmm. RZA's not in the streets anymore. So it's like, I, I've got no beef with you. Like right. you're not you're not stopping my money. Right. And so for for him to be so for him to like sell his car and be like completely invested in, yeah. in Wu Tang yeah. and 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 you know, getting all the equipment and then being proud to go back to his family yeah. and, and go back to his dad, like, look, this is my check. Like Mm-hmm. It was just a really, really heartwarming for me. I a heartwarming moment. Loved that. And I also, you know, I also thought that it also spoke to the genius of RZA mm-hmm. in that, like, to see someone who has a skill set for your music business that has nothing to do with music yeah, and true. understand how that chess piece is going to work for you, mm-hmm. I think is genius. Like, you know, him being like, well, we need power. We need power for what, for nigga? What? He don't rap. He don't yeah. make beats. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, nah, but we need him. You know so, what I mean? So here's the question. Do you think that that was dramatized for the screen? Or do you think in real life, perhaps, well, okay. Like, what? Like, why would power be a part of it otherwise? Because they need the money. Like, in Wu-Tang, when they true. were starting out, they That's did true. everything independently. That's they true. recorded everything That's independently. Yeah. And so he had money. That's and true. if he and Divine go back, because I'm not sure if yeah. that beef with the vine and power was also dramatized yeah, i don't know yeah, but if know. if they all go back then why wouldn't they That's go fair. to yeah you know, yeah i mean how many because most of the rap careers were started with street money a lot a lot of rap careers all period <laughs> a lot of them started <laughs> yeah, with street money yeah yeah for you sure, know what i mean sure. so all right um i think we've covered enough of the individual members right maybe yeah oh the only one only one we missed real quick we missed master killer okay um but more so he's not really covered all that much uh i do think He's actually portrayed brilliantly. He, yeah, he really feels so like Master Killer. I think so too. Um, but 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 Jizza. Okay. The th- so I have problems with the casting choice in the in the first season. Mm. Um, I think mainly because what I love about what I do love about the portrayal, especially in season two, mm-hmm. is that Jizza is definitely like the grounded, level-headed individual of the right, film. Right, right. And I think that's always been the case. Yeah. But 
he doesn't he's so like live and bubbly sometimes and like mm. and so like optimistic and like chippy yeah or chipper if you will and i'm like i is like just a, is very very <laughs> monotone yeah, 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 yeah. at least in not necessarily on the mic although sometimes on the mic but just like in when you hear him in the interviews like he's not like he's just not a very personable guy right right doesn't mean he's not cool right. but like he's just very like easygoing and open and like charismatic and i'm like charming almost and i'm like yeah is that, is yeah that that's fair that's fair yeah is that, i don't know if that's yeah that's jizza but um, i think what they do portray well though is like like you said he's grounded because yes. of you know the the, the five percent things yes. that he's kind of selling and things mm -hmm. like that and that he doesn't need money like the rest of the clan right i think yeah. that that was also well portrayed yeah i love yo because that because it's kind of something that grounds him a little bit more like you know what i mean we don't actually see what he does outside of music but yeah he's like no nah, like my job pays well right and he um he's not like fuck my job like this shit's whack he's like no nah. mm -hmm. he's like it's fine yeah and then i you know i love the scene where he's like peace god on the phone trying to figure out like is there another five percenter is, is that what he was trying to do i don't remember that I think what he was trying to when do he, when he was answering the phone for Wu Tang Productions. No, when he's calling to get the phone turned on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's calling. He's calling the operator, or whatever, mm -hmm. to see if any of them are five percenters. Oh, I, I think that's what he was doing. I don't think that that's what I thought he was. I well, thought he, just, he said he was saying peace. Yeah, I, th I think that's just how he Remember, was. Because he he keeps hanging up. Yeah. And if if a person if a person picked up the phone and they were like hello, he hung up and he had to put another quarter in. But when ah. he said peace and someone said peace in return, then he was like. Yo, help me out. And we don't even know who the person is. I didn't I didn't put that together. Okay. That's I, what's up. I think that's what they were doing. <laughs> that's I think that's what they were doing. That's dope. Um, yeah. So all right. Yeah. So if we, we've gotten to enough of the, the characters, what do you think about like the supporting cast of, of characters like in the hip hop world? How how they introduce, you know, um the woman from Violet Brown. Violet Wait. Brown, that's yeah, the Def Jam lady. Yeah. There's also was it was it what's the the lady that Lala plays? Yeah, who, I don't her? remember what her I name forget, is. But like I know Whitney or Whitley or something or something. Um, Steve Rifkin's character yeah. and then like uh, all the other like random DJs and producers. Yeah. What, 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 how did you? They did pretty well with that. Okay. I, I thought I, I I thought that the the music uh, seminar shit was funny. Where like. Rizza's yeah. looking to try to try to go to like some rap, you know, black joint, and he gets to the black dude, and the black dude's like, like I know house I music. I don't even know anything about hip hop. I, I like new wave. Yeah. <laughs> and then the white chick's the one who actually, you know, knows some shit about hip hop. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. um I like like the like the random little nuggets, uh, or I guess Easter eggs that they they, they drop in here are kind of mm. interesting. Like they're on the boat and the guy's playing like the string piece to yeah, United, which is absolutely that's not, absolutely not true, absolutely not true yeah. at all. Um, he was it, killing that shit though. He was killing that shit. It was you know you know what would have been great. They should have gotten the um the the woman who does it. What's her name? Oh, uh, Miri Benari. Yes, they should have got her to do it. That would have been great. That would have been. Why didn't they actually? Maybe they didn't want to pay. Yeah, maybe. They should have done that. They should get Brad now. So, um, if you don't have anything else to add about this show, mm. just curious about, and you talk about it in the other episodes about mm. like the other random things they were doing with with RZA, like how mm. he was putting the music together, yeah, what are and your thoughts like on the, that? the conversations that he's having with with Bobby and with Prince Rakim. Uh -huh. So. It was confusing as hell. The, the orchestra piece was confusing as hell at, at first because I'm like, this isn't protecting neck. Like the baseline is kind of there. Yeah, like, nothing yeah, yeah. Else until he swapped it out. Did, did that happen in real life? Yes, like, I think so. Really? So yeah, he comes yeah, up with yeah, a beat yeah. 
and then overnight switches it to a completely new yeah beat. yeah and that's that, crazy. that actually happened for that record and some of the other ones and i think i forget who it was it might have been raekwon uh but there were a couple clan members that kind of complained about that yeah but like the was, song would sound totally different from the one that they left i mean i yeah. personally think that speaks to the genius of Rizzo. for sure because that protect your neck beat yo you know what i did i for yeah. the longest time i thought that keyboard piece was sampled that shit wasn't a sample. Yeah. He's just playing that thing. And Mystery of Checksboxing, and, and, you can tell, is also And they not say a Dr. Dre is the same way. They say, like, sometimes Dr. Dre will make you rap to, like, a click track. And then you come back in and the beat, the beat, it'll be a whole beat built around you. Like, Interesting. that's just how some of these cats, like, you know, work. So that's dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have uh, any other any other shots so, on the show? So I I, I did want to ask you, you know, what your thoughts were on the um the the whole you know RZA playing chess against Bobby Digital playing chess against whatever. So, um, and like talking to himself or whatever. I, it makes sense. It's a very yeah. RZA thing to want yeah, in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you asked because you asked me when I when I told you about the whole idea of him making a beat and how yeah. how they did it. Yeah. You asked me if it was corny or if it was good. So I I, I posed okay. that question back to you. Like, do you think that those sequences, first the the the, the chess okay. sequences and then the the production sequences? So, all right, it it it's it's both. It's good and it's also corny. I think so. Too. Right. So the the reason why it's good is because Riz is not really going to have these conversations with anybody else. Mm. Maybe. Well, okay, Maybe that's not Divine. true. That's not true. That's not true. He is having these conversations with, with Divine and Power. Mm. But the decision-making process, how he gets to that, he's not going to have this, this conversation with anybody else. Yeah. So they need a way to dramatize that. Yeah. Having the chess obviously makes sense. Right. Because Riz is a big chess player. Exactly. His cousin's also a big chess player. Right. They've got mystery chess boxing. Like, all that stuff makes sense. Mm -hmm. The idea that it's first, it's young, it's young Bobby, and then it's Prince Rakim, who's who's been in the business, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And having that conversation go back and forth shows like the evolution of, of where he's come from, right? right. So the ruler zigzag zig, mm -hmm. Allah, right? That makes sense. The reason why it's corny is because this is Riza. This is Riz's opportunity to show to the world how brilliant how he is. How smart he is, yeah. You know what for I mean? Sure, like, Riz sure. is like wants us all to know like how smart he is. Right. And it's like, I'm not saying I dislike it. Like, it makes me smile and just be like, <laughs> obviously you would do this, Riz. Like, I, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, it's I I, I see through this. Like, right, I get right, it. Right. Um, but like, I'm also going to allow you to do this because I I do think he was a musical genius. So yeah, for sure. It's just it's just funny. It's just funny the way that that's portrayed. Um, because I'm like, yeah, I I I see what's going on. Right. Um, in terms of the how the beat comes together, um, it's cool to see the process. I think everybody has uh, their own process. I have my different process. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think the thing for me is that when I was putting my own beats together, I did see things in in layers. Right. Like I did visually see like music in different aspects like in my mind now was it uh was it like the actual band players going along no i, I didn't see that i think it's it's effective because you need a way to make that scene like engaging i thought it was way too long mm. but nevertheless having him actually like interact with the band members themselves and have conversations is the only way it's more interesting is, is more interesting right. it's the only way that that makes sense like right, it's right. the only way that only way that that's engaging right. i thought that sequence took like 
like 10 minutes too long. It was like a 20 minute, 30 minute sequence to, for him coming up with the beat, which wasn't even the main beat for Protect Your Neck, right? It just, it felt like a long time, but I still thought like, all right, I'm cool. I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was cute. I yeah. thought it was cool. And, and I think, you know, you make a good point. Um, some of the things that maybe you or I would find interesting, uh, a casual yeah. fan might not in terms yeah. of how music is made. That's probably true. So like one of the things that I love, and this is just me, and this is going to sound super weird, so, okay. you know, but I love the sound that the buttons on an ASR make. Okay. So like when 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 somebody is playing you a beat on the ASR and they have to pull it up. Mm -hmm. So there's there's moments where Bobby's is is, is playing beats for Shaw or something and yeah. he pulls up the beat on the ASR. Like yeah. I like that. But a casual fan, you probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You think I'm an idiot. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about buttons on a random machine. Yeah. Um so to make music making interesting for everybody and yeah. engaging for everybody. I feel like that visual element made it so anybody could understand that the Honey Drippers is a band and yeah. he kicked out the, the lead singer and he brought in a different drummer and stuff like that. And then kicks out is that a way, drummer. Is a way to show how we, when you're making a beat, you mm. audition several different yeah. drum you know, samples before you choose your drum sample. Yeah. You audition several different bass lines before you pick the right bass line. So they showed that in a visual way and I think that they were smart how they it's, did that. It was also cool because it also shows how like sometimes you have an idea in your mind before a beat comes together. Yeah. And other yeah. times, like sometimes you'll be listening to something and be like, oh shit, wait, hold on. I have an idea. Mm -hmm. Boom, you start to put something together. Other times he's like literally trying to come up with something from scratch. Yep. And so, you know, he's he's going through he's going through the record store and he's not even listening to the record that he picks out. He just he recognizes like, oh wait, that would be dope. And then he's trying to find like where the music is. Exactly. Um, and I thought that 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 process was 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 well yeah. illustrated. I also thought that the, the shark nigga in the in, uh, in that scene was 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 dope too. And yeah. I wondered who they actually were referring to. I don't know because they because it, it was clearly they were trying to portray somebody. Well, who else? What other producers came from Staten Island? I don't know, but but the, the, they they made a specific. Um, he said, yeah, I produced some shit for EPMD, or I forget who it was. Yeah, he was. He, he, he was name dropped yeah, he name that he drops. was working with, with another. Yeah. Uh, he was D-Lover's pro original producer. Yes. So we'll have to go back and figure out who produced for Ghostface before RZA. Okay. Because I, I feel like I feel like he he took a shot at dude. Probably. Dude was Dude was sitting there watching what records he was grabbing yeah. and trying to grab the same records. Yo, what what, what did he pick up? Yeah, what did he get? And then he like runs out. I'm like, yo, he, he's really trying to play this dude, whoever he is. Like anyone who's ever, it 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 really did make him look bad. Like yeah. I, that shit doesn't happen in real yeah. fucking life, does it? Kinda. Really? I remember I remember reading um uh and I forget which producer this is, but it, it might be like Q-Tip, like Lord Finesse. Like there's there's a there's a group of there's a group of of producers that would go from like record convention to record convention mm -hmm. throughout the country and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on records right. to, to, to make these beats. And apparently, like, they kind of knew what the best records were. And one of the ways that they would know is who had access to those records already. So, right. like, supposedly, they said that Pete Rock was somebody who could get access to, like, a bunch of records in advance. Right. So there would be records that they wouldn't be able to get access to. The Quest Loves and those people would be yeah. like kind of the second tier uh, and so they would you. say so Questlove would go somewhere and he would go does pete have this record you know uh, what i mean so like i think there was kind of a culture okay. of like following the the genius producer to got sample you. some of the same things that they sampled or whatever okay yeah i got you um 
All right. So some 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 quick things to cover, I, I guess, before we move on though mm. from this show. Uh the their performance at the fever. Yeah. Did you see the the actual uh clip? What do you mean? In the the real the real life clip? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. It got I don't know if it got leaked or it was already out, but I, I saw the clip and it's actually damn near spot on. So ODB comes out ODB and says ODB literally shit. comes out and says <laughs> it. And and it's wild because they actually tamped down what ODB says. Really? They made him seem way more charismatic than he actually was. When he first got on, the crowd is looking at this nigga like, what is wrong with this dude? Okay. And then he says some shit like, yeah, fuck these white people. Like he's like, and he like goes extra in. It's more, it's more than what was on the show. Right. And then somehow like he turns it around to where like he's like, that's why we all gotta stick together. But then Somehow the crowd like starts to fuck with him. It really happened like that in real life. I gotta see this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd you you find this? I don't remember, but I think it's on YouTube. I'll find it. I gotta, I gotta find it. But anyway, yeah, I I didn't realize that that happened until seeing it on the show and then being like, did that really happen? And then googling around and actually finding the clip. Yeah, I should. That's. I was looking for like a fact and fiction of this show, and I haven't. I just haven't been able to get it. The so crowd, like the crowd is together. way smaller in real life than, okay. than they portray it on on there. Okay. Um, the crowd is less diverse. Um, you know, I feel like they had a, a diverse crowd that was in their Sunday's best to watch a Wu Tang show at the Fever, yeah. which did not is not what it really looked okay. like. But yeah, man, I'll send it to you. I'll find it. And send it. Okay. To you. The other interesting thing was when they go to um, the when they go to the show in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, and that's where oh, you're talking they, about when um, they bum rush and they play Wu Tang yeah, 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 yeah. which was a really great artistic choice for the show. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that happens in real life, but that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's like if Wu Tang is going to bum rush a show and perform, yeah. it makes sense that they would Dude, play song. Wu-Tang playing and yeah. the fuck with. I think there might be a clip of that actual that actual show too. The interesting thing about that is yeah. that Outkast was one of the groups that was like, that they kept talking about. But like Players Ball, that's 1993. Players Ball comes out in like December or like late November of that year. Right. And so Outkast is already having like the Outkast barbecue. And I looked it up, apparently they did. But mm-hmm. I was like, I'm surprised because Players Ball didn't even come out until like late November or December yeah. on that Christmas album. Yeah. And they're already doing like big, big things. Like that's So was it a dungeon family thing or was no, it supposed to be? It was just, just a, out, okay. so so at that at that large convention or yeah, whatever yeah, it was, yeah. um, there were a bunch of groups performing. And mm-hmm. Outcast was they were like they had one of the side things that they had was the Outcast barbecue, mm. and I'm like, that's weird because Southern Playlistic isn't even an out album yeah, yet. Yeah, they don't have any other songs exactly. out except for Players Ball. Maybe that's that, weird. Maybe that's wrong, a wrong choice. No, no, but I think that happened in real life though. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. and, and like because I looked it up, and it was right around that time at the end of '93. The hmm. interesting thing about it though is that I think that. On the show, this happens before the uh, the Wu Tang album is released, which I don't think is the case because the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers comes out before Players Ball. Yeah, right. And so they make it seem like oh the group wasn't even released yet, and it's just like nah they they were already out they were already doing big things. Yeah, and then they were invited down. So whether uh-huh. or not they had to bum rush the show to get on to perform, I have no idea. I think they really did. And the other crazy thing about it is um 
the guy that they bum rushed. I think he's literally like, you know how like there's like TJ's DJs and stuff like that. Okay. There's these like, like Jack the Rapper, mm -hmm. TJ's DJs. There were these like big music conventions, and they were usually had like one person that was like the, the representation of it. Yeah. I think the dude that they bum rushed was that person. Interesting. So you know I, they made some they made some interesting choices in their early career that could have been like career suicide, and you know I mean. You know, must have had an angel on their shoulder. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, um, the last thing I got is just you know the damn, the damn, uh, the damn flood. Yeah. It ruins Inspector Deck's career, y'all. Yeah. So so sad about that. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. So tragic. I thought that um that they did that that scene well too. They 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 did the build up to it was perfect. Yeah. Like the idea that like yo we're getting money now. Yeah. Um, ODB's on this. In. They're coming in for Deck, yeah. and you got next. And then like, yo, we, we, I've already got these albums together. I already yeah. got the beats for everything, right? And then it's just like, yo, one whole album just <laughs> gone. Gone, yeah. Tough man. Yeah. Nah. Poor, poor Inspector Deck. The, the, the career that wasn't. Yeah. So, do you have any other things about the, uh, about this, uh, the series? The only other thing that I have to say is I think that season two really, really built on season one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, season one is almost like the the season two of the wire like it's like the docs like okay. it's like in that like it's like i love that it, season by the it, way. it needed to be there yeah. but i didn't i didn't enjoy it so much I, it's, um it's it's it's, I don't, think it's the don't, most, don't get started <laughs> it's, it's the most underrated season in the wire yeah but but you know I, I say all that to say i think season two you know it covered material that we're more familiar with mm -hmm. uh because I don't know anybody who's a, a big fan of like we love you rakim or, yeah. or any of that early stuff um, you know, and I'm really anticipating season three. Like, is there going to be a season uh, three? Yeah, they, they're doing one more season and it's done. Oh, that's going to be awesome. It's so gonna that's be. basically going to be like the years that you have to Wu-Tang forever, I'm assuming. It's got to be. Exactly. So I the, the, the run show. of your favorite album. Yes. Iron yes. Man, yes. Uh, Cuban, Cuban Links, Cal, uh, 36. Yeah. I want to see all that. I want to see all that. So, yeah. All right. So one of the things we, we, we tease we might talk about is this interview, uh, this Drink Champs interview. <laughs> with uh, Kanye West, yeah, and one of our listeners requested that we 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 talk about this, right? So, so before we get into this, were there were there two parts of the interview? Yeah, I've seen two hours and twenty minutes of it. So did I okay. miss the part two? Yeah, I think you did. I go mean, you, you know, you go back and watch it at your leisure. How how long is part two? Maybe like forty five minutes or something. W what is he covering in part two? He really just does double down, double down on a lot of the things. All right, so I didn't, so I didn't, so part two is unnecessary. Not so, not, I mean, it's not as, as unnecessary, you know, he doubles down on the fact that he thinks Talib Kweli is not good at rapping. Which, um, I, which I found, you know, enjoyable. Doubles down that he thinks he's a genius and he should be, he's the Disney of our generation and all the type of stuff. All right, so now, but, Button did a full breakdown of this podcast, right? Like a three hour podcast analyzing the two-hour podcast we're not going to do that because i think that's that's just we're just not going to do that right. um but where would you want to start with this what were your general thoughts on one hand interviews like this are like a waste of my time mm -hmm. right in the sense that i'm like i i just don't give a fuck about what kanye west has to say about these things like right. anymore like i don't care about the culture i don't care about the names he's dropping like i, I just don't care <laughs> yes. right i'm like this is like Completely this is agree. like not worth my time okay that being said though on the other hand i'm actually glad that i i, I listened to it mm -hmm. because you know i'm not a big fan of soundbiting 
quotes mm -hmm. and taking them out of context. Like I'm not yeah. a big fan of that. So right. at least I got to hear Kanye West unfiltered yeah. start to end, yeah. almost on like a Joe Rogan format. Um, <laughs> right. Now he's not getting challenged at all or, bare, or very little. Uh, Precisely. Y'all didn't see me, but I pointed. <laughs> like, I mean, look, I, I mean, yeah. no disrespect to Nori, but I mean, really, dude, really. Ooh. Like, I mean, like you were really sucking up to Kanye there. Like, I, I feel, it, it feels like that to me. So, so I have I have mixed feelings on what you're saying. Right, I, first of all, I agree with most of it. Um, but I think you don't get a you don't get a Kanye West interview unless sure. you saw you give you softball him. He he yeah. only takes softball interviews. Yeah, he doesn't like to be challenged. Yeah, he likes a, an environment where you just let him talk. Yeah. Um, I have criticized Nori's interviewing ability in uh -huh. the past okay he he tends to cut off the 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 person who's speaking mm. and take it on tangents that he wants to take it on when they're making good points okay or telling good stories um i thought that this was actually one of nori's best interviews okay. because he just he did a good job of just letting him talk yeah. in many cases yeah. there were a few cases in the first interview or first part where Kanye saying something that's either profound or he thinks is profound. Yeah, thinks it's profound. And then and then Nori cuts him off and goes, uh, Foxy Brown or Lil' Kim. And it's yeah. like, shut the fuck up yeah. and let this nigga talk. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So like, but he didn't do that very much. And yeah. and so I, you know, I appreciated that. Do you think Kanye West had any profound moments? I do think he had actually had there were several like legitimately interesting things that he said that I was like, okay, these are decent points. That's what I'm saying. I think that Kanye West's brain is very interesting yeah. and i found it interesting and i thought that he had nuggets nuggets of of profound thoughts that were not fully fleshed out ideas and i think he does that a lot so for, for me actually but and before mm -hmm. we get into any of the drama of it for me mm -hmm. as like a person who is at least somewhat curious about like spiritual energies mm -hmm. and obviously is interested in music when he was relating like the 808 to like how yeah. like it's a shock in your body i was yeah. like Oh, I actually want that explored. Yeah, Can we talk about this? Yeah. You may not be the best person to talk about it, but that sounds interesting to me. Right. Can we go into that? Yeah. That was a really, really interesting thing for me to hear. Mm. You've never heard sure that before? No, I haven't. Is that okay. is that like a thing? Yeah. It is a thing. Oh, okay. So Kanye People who believe in certain things about energy say say that. Say that about the 808. Yeah, the but, frequency. But what's what's interesting is it he made it seem like that was a it was a bad thing, right? But I'm like Kanye West, like most of your music is 808s now. Yeah, exactly. I but, think I think what he was just saying is 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 the different eras and the and the frequencies and how they they interact with each other. Okay. Like if you think about it, right? You've mentioned on our podcast, you know, you've talked about kind of like the little Uzi Vert and like this generation that's yeah. like just just oh, all 808s music. and it's super depressing yeah, and yeah, people yeah. want to kill themselves and the music's yeah. talking about it and all that. So I think okay. that's kind of what oh, he was wow. referring to. Interesting. Um. The other thing that I thought was like that he was dead on was that he may not even be the first person to say that. But when we talk about like, is that your bitch, Jay Z, mm. can do this and not? Oh, can't. so you're talking about the chopping style or whatever? Yeah, he, like yeah. He, he's right. Like yeah. he was right. Now yeah. I'm not sure if other people have mentioned that, but like yeah. it was kind of a pivotal moment looking That's back true. to where like, yeah. nah, Jay Z's going to be able to evolve and not can't. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was like, all right, you, you, you right here. Yeah. yeah. Now, some of this other drama, some of this other drama was like, I actually found rather amusing and I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to, uh, all right, all right, all right. 
Like, you know he's feeling himself. He's like, you know I'm going to get killed on this interview. Shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Like, no one's going to kill you. You're not that important. <laughs> right? You're not that important. Like, no one no one cares. Most of people are just <laughs> listening to you, like, humiliate yourself. Or what they assume is mm. you're going to be humiliating yourself so that they can laugh at you. But, like, no one's really going to kill you for I don't, this. I don't know. I, I don't entirely agree. All right. So what do you think he might get killed on? I, first of all, I don't think he's going to get killed. Okay. Um, but what I do think is that Kanye West and certain other individuals that have a certain level of affluence yeah both fame and money yeah get access to certain rooms yeah and conversations that the rest of us don't this is very true and so they and kanye they west know, is one of those individuals right. and so is dave Chappelle. very true right so these folks are exposed to and understand some of the interworkings of what's yes, going on up they there absolutely do. right and the other folks that control those rooms may not necessarily want everyone to be privy to yeah. what goes on at that level. That's fair. And so that's what I think when he says, like, oh, I'm going to get killed. It's like, you're not going to get killed. But there probably are folks that may not want you to expose some of the conversations that are occurring. So I'm glad you brought that up um, because it reminded me of a point that I think when we talk about those rooms, mm -hmm. I think that Chappelle is somebody who is very controversial as well. Mm -hmm. um, I watched his recent episode, his recent stand-up, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. I liked it actually a lot. I know some people might have some differing opinions on that. Whatever. I liked it. Yeah. The thing, the, the difference between Chappelle and Kanye West is that while Chappelle has access to those rooms, I actually think that Chappelle does a much better job of actually remaining grounded to, to reality as best he can. Okay. I think that Kanye West assumes he's way more grounded than he is. Mm. And I think that he he speaks on a level I'm like, dude, like I don't really think you're here with the rest of us. Mm. Sometimes. <laughs> like... So the where we're really getting into is, is in terms of like the, the the beef that he has with Drake in terms of like oh Drake just won't come out and diss you on a track he'll he'll buy a, a house in your zip code and then DM all your girlfriends whatever right <laughs> and like kind of like the paranoid schizophrenia of that and and, and the the idea the idea that okay people can be in a group chat and everybody can do a whole bunch of things to provoke you and then you act out. And all of a sudden, everyone's thinking you're having an episode. It's like, you talked about how you're 44. Fuck it, act it. Yeah. Like, learn to tease that shit out and avoid the, it. The crazy thing is I don't entirely disagree with what he said about Drake. Oh, fine. That's, I think, that's I the think, point. I think Drake really is playing mind games oh, he is. with him. But, 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 but Kanye, I agree with you. He's doing that because Kanye West is, a, is allowing is a people to play yeah. mind games on him. But I, but I think, you know, I think that's the, that's the interesting thing about Kanye, right? Like, and, and again, I, I do think that he, he had certain nuggets that were intelligent nuggets that are just not fully fleshed out ideas. Okay. But I think Kanye is at a point in his life where he only surrounds himself with people that enable him. Yes. And, that, and, you, and you notice that in, the, in it with the fact that he only takes interviews yeah. with people that will, will only ask him the questions that he wants to be asked and et cetera. Yeah. So because they're like softballing him just in life, yeah. like you said, like he can be mentally tortured by someone sending DMs and moving to his neighborhood <laughs> or whatever the fuck, right? It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I thought weird. it was also interesting that he spent about half of that first interview talking about Drake. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's like, about Kim. it's like, but, but it's like Drake is clearly on your mind. Like, yes. like, like clearly on your mind. Like even when there were certain moments where he sang certain songs and they were Drake songs. Yeah. He said something about, yeah, CLB and, you know, Donda. It's like, this dude is like taking up real estate in your brain. Yes. Bro. So I thought that was interesting. And and he does the thing, he does the what he thinks is clever, 
where he he he's always trying to be brutally honest about everything. So he's like, yeah, I could say I have a beef with this person while also appreciating all the positive things that he can do. And I'm like, yeah. all right, for your followers, that might work. Um, <laughs> I I feel you. You know what I mean? But I'm also like, I don't know. I, I don't think he's nearly as, as profound as, as he thinks he is, mm. especially when we start talking about like politics, right? So, yeah. okay. I happen to agree with him when it comes to Common, though I understand where I understand why Common would take the lane that he's taken. Like I, I get mm. it. When you're embraced by the Obamas and, and yeah, brought yeah, up yeah. to mm. perform and take the White House, like I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think what he says about John Legend is fair, and it's not because I'm a John Legend fan. Okay. Only because John Legend, for for, for what I know as a person has skin in the game in terms of his activist work when it comes to education mm-hmm. and is politically involved. Mm-hmm. I think that John Legend has earned the right to be like, no, I'm siding with the Democrats because I choose to do so. Even if yeah. I disagree with John Legend on that, I yeah. think he's, I think just because John Legend came out and said something, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he did it because the Democrats are telling him to say it. I actually, my, my opinion is reversed. Okay, go ahead. Because Common had a career without Kanye. Okay. John Legend is the John Legend we know because of Kanye, right? Awesome. Like, well, Kanye produced his whole first album and put, and put okay. him and put him out. He gotcha. put he put, I, he might have even been signed to Good Music when he first came okay. out. So you know, so it shows just how little I, I know I, about John Legend's music because I don't <laughs> care about it. Go right. Ahead. So so he came out under under Kanye, and yeah. and I mean, you know, he's a, he's a very talented guy. I'm not I'm not here to say that he wouldn't have a career without Kanye, right. but Kanye enabled his career, and yeah. so I think Kanye's opinion. He has more skin in the game to me to have an opinion on what Kanye, or what what uh, John Legend does. Gotcha. Common can do whatever the fuck he wants to do, bro. Because because uh-huh. you know him, he's your friend, but he would have a career with or without. That's fair. Okay, you know so I mean? from that perspective, I agree hundred percent with what you're saying. Yeah. What what Kanye said though was that they only did these things the because they were controlled, and right, that's right, where right, I'm right, like, right. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Absolutely. You know I think, what I mean? Yeah, hey, I think I think Kanye. And and many other people who think the way he does on this whole like, oh, I'm a free thinker, so I'm a Republican. Yeah, that's is, the, so, is fucking stupid. So it's that's, just as stupid as what they're saying right. about people who are controlled by the Democrats. So and, and this is this is this is where I'm like, Kanye, you're not as profound as you think you are. Right, you're not right. nearly as nuanced or non-binary as you think. Yeah. You know, um, you can say whatever you want to say about the Democrats, dude. I get it. Yeah. I fucking I probably get it. agree. And the shit he said Even about the shit Kamala, about he said about Kamala, I was like, I was like, I am not I going to argue with, with you, you at all. Completely agree. But then you're acting like, and that's why I put on the Trump hat. Like that's <laughs> it's fucking stupid. It's a leap. Dog. It's a crazy it's leap. Stupid. It's just yeah, like, okay, so exactly. not Democrats, so this? Right. That's dumb. Right. That's just fucking stupid. It is stupid. And so and and, and I'm not saying that you can't support Trump. If you want to support Trump, then you need to support Trump's on the merits of supporting Trump. Right. Not because you fucking hate the Democrats. That's the part that's dumb. Yeah. And if he does support Trump because he supports Trump, he doesn't come out and say it. He only yeah. says it in two contexts. One, yeah. hates Democrats. Two, it's like it's like a trolling counterculture thing. Right. That's it. And yeah. that's the part that's dumb. I feel like I feel like it's a yet another not fully fleshed right. out thought. Right. So it's yeah. like 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 you're saying, there's some sort of a leap that you have to take. To go from, I don't want to be controlled to the Demo- by the Democratic Party to, yeah. I'm going to become a MAGA and put a, a red hat. Red hat. On. You know what red I mean? Hat. Like, that like that's hat? like that's a leap. Yeah. And I don't think that he has enough coherent thought 
to 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 make that leap make yeah. sense. And I don't know if he like like I I feel like I, I I forget who I was talking to, but I was I was telling somebody that like it's interesting because you need you need people like Kanye West mm-hmm. like like in terms of he's a visionary. Yeah, he's a big ideas guy. He is, and he's he somebody who will who will have these big crazy lofty ideas. But then you also need people who can connect the dots to actually enable that vision and make it happen. Okay. And I feel like he's been encouraged so much that, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to like see things through. And hopefully in many cases, other people will see things through. I feel like it's interesting. Um, you know, he he was kind of shitting on Virgil and how like- yeah. you Who know, the Virgil fuck is Virgil? His man's that got a job. Uh, you know, he's a designer. Um, I forget which Should I know one who of the he fashion is? houses. Yeah, Virgil Abloh. You haven't heard about dude? Maybe. I think he's Ghanaian. He, um, he, uh, people say that he scams or he like steals his designs. Uh, he's, but Off White. You heard of Off White? Sure. Yeah, he's, he's the guy who does Off White. Oh, okay. He does like, Different capsules for different for Nike and a bunch of other companies. We'll talk about design in a second. But. Yeah, but but you know, part of the reason maybe why a Virgil works for a company like that and maybe a Kanye doesn't is because Virgil might actually have follow through. Yeah, okay. Like I feel like Kanye has like a lot of thoughts that he just started thinking and then he doesn't follow through on them and then. Mm, you I'm know, not sure if that's fair. I, I mean, look yeah. at look at how um, prolific he's been musically. He's followed through on all those ideas, and he has you know? a team around him that that you know. Helps okay. him do. I mean, and that's okay. why it's funny. Um, I don't know if you saw how how Talib has has clapped back. Uh, well, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, Talib is not as good as Common. Period. Oh, so, that, that's a uh, fact. Yeah, that is fact. Um, but you know, he's basically started to, I guess show on his Instagram pictures of people who ghostwrite for for Kanye, which it's like, oh, yeah, we know that. Yeah. that. And, and I forget who it was, but someone was also insinuating that that Kanye had ghost producers. I could see um, that too. Yeah. But I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to take anything away from, from his musical music. Genius. I, I definitely think that he, he is a musical genius. No, no, he is. And, and like I said, I've had to rectify my... Uh, my elite tier list of producers, Kanye is officially in that list for me. Yeah. I've had to, when I when I really think about everything, yeah, Gotta he, be. he's definitely in Gotta there. be. Gotta, Gotta be. Yeah. Um, so good for him on that. The <laughs> the the thing about one of the other interesting nuggets here is just that like he keeps going in on on Kim like his wife, right? And mm-hmm. like again, we've talked about this before. I've made this point before that I'm like you you basically you're raging against the machine, mm-hmm. but you fucking married the machine. Like you can talk whatever shit you want about Kim K's publicist, publicist, a uh, publicist, right? Mm-hmm. Was she not Kim K's publicist publicist before you married her? Like did you not know about that aspect of her life? Like mm-hmm. that that doesn't like you married a brand. Yeah. That come on. Like what do you I'm not gonna have any sympathy for you, dog. Mm. Like you married a fucking brand. Yeah. No, and the other thing too, the other thing too, is that I I have this thing about black men who who are who are public figures mm. and they get on TV and they talk a very, very pro pro-black uh tune, mm-hmm. right? Pro-black this, pro-black that, anti-white yeah. this, anti-white that, mm-hmm. whatever. And then don't marry black women. Yeah. I, I have a thing for that, right? I think, it's, a, it's a Van Jones effect. That's why I fucking can't stand Van Jones. I think Kanye West um, worships the white gaze. 
He probably does. I think that Kanye, every time you hear Kanye and the people he wants to put himself next to and how he wants to be seen, yeah. it's always white men. Yeah. Whether it's Trump and the MAGA hat who he, yeah. you know, somehow he projects the, the confidence that Kanye wishes that he had or whatever. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, I'm Walt Disney. I'm Steve Jobs. Yeah. I'm this. How come this person won't meet with me? How come yeah. that? The Michael Jordan thing was funny. Uh, oh, that was in the second. What did he say? He said that. Uh, he said that. He said Yeezy jumped over the jump man, and Michael Jordan was so insulted by that that he won't take a meeting with him, which I don't think is true. Probably not. But fine. Um, but we'll talk other about than in the second, other actually. than Michael Jordan. Um, Everybody who he's mentioned that he either wants to meet with that won't meet with him or he wants to be or he thinks they're his peers and all this other stuff. It's always white men, um, you know, and well, when it Kobe comes about, and Jay-Z, you talk about them, he name drops them a lot. Maybe. Oh, and, and did he? I think he worships the white gays. Yeah, I think he, I think he does. I, 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 that's, that's what I think it is. And I think he just, uh, you know, when it comes to Kim Kardashian, I you know I I don't know why that's you know his idol uh, yeah. or what he idolizes in terms of his standard of beauty. Um, you know, one of the things that he said that I actually don't necessarily disagree with though is that he said you know I don't I don't believe the part where he said um, people used to make fun of Kim K because she was curvy, but now she is the standard of beauty. But he's kind of right. Like all of these like build abroads, all of these IG models, everything, they're all trying to look like Kim K. Like it's like even Kim K's sisters are trying to look like Kim K. Like yeah. like her look has become the standard of like what I don't know, we're saying beauty is. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like maybe you, you know the you know you've heard the 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 um the concept of the browning of America, right? Sure. Where it's like over time, you know, all the races are going to continue to mix until you have like some sort of an in-between that where like everybody's kind of like a brown color. Yeah. Maybe like the thought process is that like she's kind of like, she has like the curvaceousness of a black woman, the, the skin tone of a Middle Eastern person. The I don't know what it is. Yeah, I feel you. But I, know, somehow, I know what you're trying to get at. Yeah, yeah somehow we've made her be the the, the standard yeah, of beauty. He's the, not wrong. She's got the 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 hair of and the she's got the hair of a white person, right? Mm. The 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 skin of like the all the Mediterranean, right. the exotic look of like right. that you know Mediterranean European, and she's got the curviness of a, a black, black woman. woman if you will, right? You know what yeah. I mean? like, I get it. I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I, like, no, I don't no, get I, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying I, I don't agree with this at all. But right, like, I, right. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I, I don't understand why she is the the yeah, standard of beauty. But nice. I think, but I think he's right that she is. Yeah. The uh, the yeah. only other thing uh, I'm really curious about is like, I didn't realize that his fashion was actually as big as it is. Now, first of all, mm. he's not worth nine billion dollars. He's not. He's a For fucking liar, bro. Yeah, his Forbes has Forbes has him as estimated one point eight, but they do project that he could he could get over two billion, three billion, um, depending on the sales from the Gap. He is not worth nine billion dollars. He might he might swear to you he is, but the, all the other people who put that shit together for us I mean, are going to say that is not he's the case. Clearly not. I, right? I, like you know, people who just understand numbers at a very basic. But here's level. the thing though, you know, like that, that, that's impossible. I've never understood the the Yeezy fashion. I remember when he first came out, I was like, this shit looks awful. Yeah. Um, 
I never understood how the shoes became a hit. There's only one pair of sneakers that I'm actually like, all right, these are legit. Mm-hmm. I think it was the one on Nikes, the uh, the Red Octobers. Okay. I was looking at those. I was like, okay, I, I could see myself maybe rocking these. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, like the little shit that Justin Bieber was wearing the other day, mm-hmm. whatever, those puffy boots oh, and those, those puffer jackets. Yeah. He's got a gap. Like, I I wouldn't rock that. He had a hoodie going at the gap. just a standard hoodie going okay. for $100. I what? believe it. I believe it. Like, I don't get how that's like fashion. Yeah. I, and my only explanation is that like someone out there is buying into this shit. Yeah. Someone. White kids. I, is it white kids? I think so. But I mean, I, you're, you're right. Like black, yeah. black people lo- love Yeezys too. So I don't yeah. But uh, do you have any other points you want to cover? Because uh, look, we could probably talk about this Kanye shit all day. But. Yeah, not really. I just think that it's it's interesting, you know, like with the Joe Budden podcast, they spent three hours praising dude, talking about how much of a genius he is and how much they wish they could think like him. And Wait, he's did, did they really? Yeah. Oh, the whole, the whole, their whole podcast was about how amazing he is, how smart he is, how he thinks differently. And they, what the you fuck, know, Joe? Uh, they're, they're, they like was going crazy. Joe, um, that's just, come on, <laughs> like do, do better for yourself. I'm yeah. serious. I know that I, look, I, where he is and where I am, I it's very easy for me to say that. But I'm just saying, right. like, just, I don't know, have, have some fucking integrity. I'm not saying that you can't appreciate some of the things that he said. Yeah. But there were some other things he said on there that was clearly like, no, this is not, yeah. this is not smart. Yeah. No, but I, I think, you know, I think there are nuggets. There were definitely nuggets of, 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 intel, of intelligent thought. And I think what they were saying was, I think they were worshiping him more so on like a, like a beautiful mind from a beautiful mind perspective. No, they certainly weren't worshiping like, his, uh, please don't tell me they were worshiping his beautiful head. My God. With the oh, that hair. <laughs> they didn't talk about the hair. That shit was, that shit was trash, dog. That's I'm crazy. Sorry. That shit was trash. trash. Yeah. But like, uh, and if, people start, if people start wearing their hair that way, um, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that they can't have it They're like shaped up and have like different levels, but have it look like nice. But like just all disarray and like, oh, this is a dove. Nah, nigga. Like yeah, no one's doing that nah, shit. That's that's a that's a strong no. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing about this that I thought was interesting was um, did you see that Beanie Siegel has now come out and said that Kanye said he's going to give him fifty million dollars and five percent of stock in Yeezy. I did not see that. Is he going to? I don't know if that's true, but I feel like. You know, it's this is gonna sound bad. Like, this is gonna sound bad, but I feel like this is why Beanie Siegel is not successful. Okay, I feel like you know, in business, if I say, "Hey, yo, outlaw, yo, I owe you," uh, l- let me, I'm, I'm gonna give you twenty percent stake in in my shit. Mm-hmm. If you're a good businessman, people are gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, you know, Yinka said he was gonna, he was gonna make you whole." Mm-hmm. You'd be like, "Yeah, we spoke." Yeah, true. You wouldn't be like. Yinka's gonna give me twenty percent in options and blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that's just not—it's not intelligent business. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if he did that to try to hold Kanye accountable. Who knows? But like, dude got on stage, and he was like, "Yeah, yo, I just talked to Kanye. He said he's gonna give me fifty million and five percent stock in Yeezy. So you know, blah blah blah." It's like, bro, like. He might turn around and not fuck with you just off the strength of the fact that you just went and, and told them what your business, the terms of your business deal were. Yo, last last thought just came to my mind: is is he is he uh, Dane Dash's financial backer? You made it seem like that. I think what he was saying was that because and it's been interesting, right? Like over the years, maybe like the last five years. Every time Dame Dash has done an interview, he's refused to say anything negative about Kanye. Okay. And he's trashed Jay-Z, trashed uh-huh. this person, trashed, but he will not say anything negative uh-huh. about Kanye. 
So that was an interesting tidbit in the in the interview. I think maybe Kanye has has paid for something for for Dame. Maybe I don't know if it's lawyer fees. I don't know if it's debt. What it is, but that was interesting because I didn't I didn't know what he was referring to. What I will say that's interesting is that like he's saying this the Dame Dame is the go CEO over Jay Z, but I'm like, I mean Jay Z's not hurting for money. I don't know if Dame is, but I know Jay Z isn't. I think what he was saying was more so that Dame is all about the creative. And so he would want to be led by the person that was about the creative and not about the capitalist. Okay. Maybe. I, okay. You know, because he he did he said something about like Dame is the original hipster, you know, Dame yeah, will uh, you know, uh do all this creative stuff. So all right, so for done uh, talking about Kanye, though, we can move on to uh, some other business in Chicago. <laughs> Apparently, uh, there is some turmoil between your beloved uh, Dynasty Bulls. What's going on here? Your man's trying to sell some uh, some books. He's trying to sell some books. Um, I I you know so when we were growing up, I was growing up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite player was Michael Jordan. Of course. When people would ask me who my favorite player was, if I couldn't say Dominique Wilkins, I would say Scottie Pippen because I didn't want to have the same yeah, favorite player as everybody in Chicago. It really was Michael Jordan, um, but you wanted to be different. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking uh-huh. shit. I have no idea. <laughs> but, but, but over the last 10, 15 years, yeah. like my opinion of Scottie Pippen, the just man, has just gone down and down and down and down. And I mean... This, like, tell-all, you know, whining about your image, whining about everything shit with, with Scotty. And with Michael. Uh, yeah. I, I am tired of that shit, bro. I do not like that shit. So the only thing I feel sorry about Scotty Pippen for is the the money that he did not get from the Bulls. Yeah, that's That's, fair. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Everything else, dog? Like, like, all right. So for those who don't know, uh, because they, I actually haven't seen it covered all that much. Okay. I've seen like little clippy. I've seen like clips. I've seen like links here and there, but I actually mm. haven't seen it like being discussed all that much. Okay. Which is surprising to me. Yeah. Maybe it has, and I just missed it. But uh, so Scotty Pippen's got this book coming out called Unguarded, mm-hmm. and it's just like his tell-all book. Fine, right. whatever, cool. Right. You're Scotty Pippen. You deserve a book. I get it. Yeah, it's fine. But like he's going on his press release tour, trying mm. to sell, trying to get hype. And right. basically, he's doing this by basically trashing the Bulls trashing and pers- specifically trashing Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. And, and trashing the, the Last Dance, which yeah. is, is a very popular series. So, and it's the, the fact, the issue I have here is that, like, this is the reason why you need money, Scotty Pippen, because you don't understand <laughs> business, right? The whole reason why. So, so, one of, so, one of the things he said is, like, yeah, uh, Michael Jordan got paid to do that back then. We didn't. They invaded all of our lives back then. We didn't get any money from it. I guess right. that's fair. Right. But, like, you your lives were not as invaded as much as as, as Jordan's was, but whatever. You might have a fair point there. Right. But I'm like, and he's like, oh, and this time around we didn't get him any money either. And it's like, okay, first of all, yes, this this documentary did center around that last season. Right. It did center around the Bulls, and he had to tell the picture. He had to tell the story of the entire Bulls. But mm-hmm. this is very much a Michael Jordan it's documentary. Michael Jordan we knew yeah. that going in. Exactly. The other thing too is that like. First of all, all that money that Michael Jordan got, he donated to charity, mm-hmm. which was which was well publicized. So um, it's just like, yeah, he didn't get paid, but he took that money and donated to charity. So right. would you like for him to donate <laughs> it on your behalf? I'm sure he might love to do so. Right. The other thing too is just like, yo, it's business, dog. Like Jordan has always understood his brand, right? Much more so, than so kudos to a man who was 34, 35, however many years old, um, 
seasoned in the game who said, oh, you guys want to film me? Fine. I'm going to own the rights to that shit because ownership matters. Right. You guys can't do anything with it without my say-so because ownership fucking matters. Right. And then has and has the foresight to 20 years later. First of all, he also had to be convinced to do this. Right. He did not initially want exactly. to release this stuff. Yep. It took several attempts from the director, Jason Hayer or whatever, mm. to convince him that he could direct this. Mm. Right. So he's like, all right, fine, you can do it. He that I'm not going to discredit the point Scotty made about like Jordan wanting to cement his legacy over LeBron. Do you I think, think that's that, true? I th- oh, I, I I thought that at the time that that was part uh. of it. But but nevertheless, though, I still think that Jordan was still reluctant to release this footage. Right. And my understanding is that like everybody wants to say that Jordan had his like his his his, his hands in the kitchen, if you will, mm-hmm. putting this thing together. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that he really didn't. Oh, like really? there there were things there were negative things that he was like, yeah, you guys should probably put this in. Where the director was like, no, nah, we'll probably leave that out. Oh, and yeah. Jordan was like, I mean, you can tell it if you want to tell it. My my understanding is that he was much more hands off. Of course, everyone's gonna disagree with that. Whatever, okay. that's fine. But the main thing here though is just that like. Like, okay, the, the the fact of the matter is, is that fine. You can make, you can say that Jordan doesn't win his rings without Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Right. But the, the person who's way more important than Scottie Pippen here is Phil Jackson to Michael Jordan. I, you, I could actually see the <laughs> argument that Jordan doesn't win more than two rings without Phil Jackson. I could see, okay. I could see that happening. Okay. But Scottie Pippen doesn't win anything without Michael Jordan. And all these other, like Steve Career, oh, Steve Kerr owes his entire coaching career to Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr does not have a lasting career in the NBA with a name to himself, if not for Michael Jordan. That's fair. Right? Um, same thing. John Paxson does not become general manager or right, president of operations right. of, of the Bulls, right. if not for Michael Jordan. Most right. likely he does not. And it's just like, like Scottie Pippen, you would not have become the player you were without... Michael Jordan, you just win that. Did you see the more recent clip where he said that he was better than Michael Jordan ever was? Otherwise, what do you mean? Ever was. Well, he's not though. (laughs) Right. He's like I feel like he's at this point just spouting off shit that he thinks is gonna stick. Like it's so people buy his book, maybe. So it's it's dumb, right? Like so so first of all, okay. The season after Jordan leaves. Uh, the Bulls for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Bulls went 55 games and they're like, oh, so how is Michael Jordan exactly. really the MVP? Because exactly. they went from 70, 57 to 55 games. Despite right. the fact that the season before that, uh, the Bulls, I think, won 67 games. So really, mm-hmm. it's like when you when you take it into account, they, they had a long season, the championship, they had the Olympics, and they're kind of coasting through the regular season to get to 57 wins. Really, it's not 57 to 55. It's more like 67 to 55. Mm-hmm. Pippen played his ass off that season, right? Yeah. Everybody was punching well above their weight. Right. When it came to the playoffs, I'm sorry, the numbers, yeah. the numbers there are, they, they, they run in stark contrast to those regular season numbers. So yes, Scottie Pippen led the Bulls in every statistical category that year. Yep. And when it came to the playoffs, he was not there. He That's just true. fucking wasn't, yep. right? Then he, he has the nerve to talk about the flu game. Fine, you can say whatever you want to say <laughs> about the flu game, but he's like, but no one talks about the bad back game. It's like, there's a reason why, all right? You went four for seven. I thought that was fair. He's he's he went four for seven, which uh-huh. which isn't bad. I think t- a few of those buckets came before he actually hurt, herniated his 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 back, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, he did have a couple blocks in in a steal. Bro, he played his ass off. I remember watching him say a lot. We needed him. We 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 needed him in that game. All right, and 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 at the end of the day, right? Like, like you have a back injury. Yes, I'm and not like, saying it's and, not when, a big deal. and when he came out. We, like I don't know, I, I can't give you the plus minus stats, right. 
But when he came out, like, we needed him. And he came back in and he played for us, bro. Like, that was an amazing, an amazing game. And and but they highlighted that on the on the documentary as well. They You're did, right? They right? Did. Yeah. The the reason why no one talks about the bad back game is because Michael Jordan has the last four points in that game to win, right? Mm-hmm. He has he has the drive and the layup, he has the the, the steal on Carl Malone, and the, then he has the buckets the on Brian Russell. Nobody talks about any of Scottie Pippen's things in the way they talk about Jordan's is because Scottie Pippen isn't nearly as charismatic as Michael Jordan. Yeah. He's not the leader of the team. Like yeah. that's just what it is. <laughs> And so it's just like, it's whatever, bro. Like, yeah. however people want to see you, take responsibility for that. Yeah. Right? Like, he's been least, out here, he's been out here chasing his his wife and with all this future nonsense for the last 10 no, years. So right. it's like, it's like, bro, like, like take take control of your own narrative. Yeah, like I, exactly. I, you know, and and all this like you know Michael Jordan slander to try to sell books. I think it's just whack. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's sad. I think, um, although given all the things that I've been learning about Scottie Pippen over the years, none of it fucking surprises me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so and so here's the thing. Let's say Scottie Pippen is listening to this, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, these guys don't understand. I don't give a shit." You know what I mean? Like, I'm responding to you, dog. Like, these are the things that you're saying. Um, and it's just... Uh. I think the saddest thing about this to me, right, is I feel like Scotty had a couple of different ways he could go about this, yeah. right? Uh, way number one, and the way I probably would have preferred is, hey, Mike, you know, felt 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 a little bit of a way um you know about about the the last dance joint let's let's go grab let's go grab some dinner let's talk about mm-hmm. it all right cool well hey look you know i ain't make nothing off that and that's cool but i'm about to do this book would you mind you know hitting when we do the chicago date of the book tour would you mind coming with me we we shake hands we sign you know some shit maybe we give some of the money to charity right yeah. but the but the sad thing to me the sad thing about it is that we we the 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 world at large mm-hmm. love a bad story more yeah, than we love we a good story. Yeah. So if if if, it, if that was a happy ending, that probably wouldn't sell as many books as let me go slander this guy and you know and then come out with my book where I talk about how he's not as good as me and whatever else. You so know the, what I mean? The lasting point I'll, I'll I'll make to this, um, and there's some caveats here, but the lasting point is like look at what Jordan did to secure his money versus what Pippen's trying to do to secure his money, right? Mm. Yes, Jordan kept things honest. Uh, he he didn't mince his words when it came to people like um, Isaiah Luke Thomas. Longley. Did he even talk about Luke Longley in the yeah, last dance? I I think. I think very briefly he talked about how um how Luke Longley didn't have like the mental toughness right. and how he challenged him. All right. Yeah. Like but but I'm more talking about the the, the people that he disliked um you know so so like Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. or just whomever, right? Like mm-hmm. he you know he he kept everything real in 100. But I wouldn't necessarily say he was being negative. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I mm-hmm. don't think he was he just you know just honest about it. This is what it is. Cool, we can move on. Yeah. Um I think generally speaking though, he he's Jordan made it about himself yeah. and focused more on like, you know, the the, the positives, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a very like privileged thing to say, given where Jordan's coming from and where Scotty is coming from. Mm-hmm. But the point to this though is that Scotty, in order to secure his bag, is having to focus on some really dark and negative shit. 
mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of of how he is perceived. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just very telling, you know. Yeah. And I think it's it's like you said, it's letting the narrative dictate you versus like right. you dictating the narrative to how you want it to go. Like like you you getting on 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 Mike and saying all this negative shit is not like you telling dictating the narratives. Like no, you're you're letting that shit. It's kind of like with the with the with the Drake and the Kanye, right? Like mm-hmm. you're letting that shit right. determine your actions. Right. It shouldn't be like that. And it's like now his book isn't about him. It's yeah. about the last dance. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's yeah. about a documentary that is not about him. I don't know. Yeah. So it's weird. Anyway. All right. Well, that should wrap it up for our our, our, our speak on it. Um, yeah, yeah. We got uh, we got another episode that's actually been recorded. Uh, that's that'll be coming up. The uh, the the put you up for the hell hath no fury. Yeah. Uh, the sophomore LP from uh, from the clips. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> so yeah, we got some other things on the way. We might do uh, we might do a, a live recap of the uh, the the next versus episode. Is that going to be three six versus Bone Thug? Oh snap! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we might do something like that. So um, yeah. But uh, stay tuned. You got anything else? Nah, that's it. All right, stay tuned, y'all. Come on Peace. with it. <laughs> Star Trek. Niggas is haters. I'm doing deals like the majors. Ice cream sneakers. I signed my first skater. You can pay three and buy yourself some babesters. Bulletproof on the t-shirts because they hate us. Dude like Snoop say, step your game up. Double duck a boat, nigga. Mediterranean up. D-class, ash your cuts, tuck your chain up. Liberace fingers, niggas hit Lorraine up. Just last week I was out in Aspen. Me and Puff hopping off the plane, both us laughing. Week before that I was out in Italy. Entire heart throbbing. Could not get rid of me. I'm down to tell a crib, me and like ten hoes. Call from the cell phone, give me that enzo. I know what you're thinking, yeah, me too. Okay, everybody meet Mr. Me too. Been two years like I was paddy wagon cruising. Streets was yours, your dunce capping and kazooing. I was just assuming you keep the coke moving, but I got one question. What? Fuck y'all been doing? Pyrex stirs turned into Cavalli furs. The full length cat when I waved the kitty purrs. All my niggas caked up selling great. And beige dust. Had that money right or end up in the trunk taped up. We don't chase a duck, we only race for bucks. Peel money rolls till our thumbs get the paper cuts. Chill retardo, South Beach Galato. Teal started up, go brr like the snarl. Woman, if you love me, please let me know. Tie rags around your neck and learn the sets we throw.